Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 24, 2012. Today, we're reading from the big book. We're in Bill's story on page 12, the very last paragraph on that page. And today's readers are Monica, Kim, Sharon, Sarah, Paula, and Rick. The share code for yesterday's meeting, that's Thursday, August 23rd, 2894. 2894. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Miriam to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Leah. Hi, everybody. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives has become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove coming. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Du to read the 12 traditions, please. Good morning. This is Du, compulsive overeater. Um, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, our group per- for our group purposes, There is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, lend a OA name to any related facilities or outside enterprises, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, or our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And good morning, everyone. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Bill's story on page 12, the last paragraph, beginning with the real significance. And I will ask Monica to begin reading, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, to Leah, and good morning to everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself, and so it had been ever since. How blind I had been! Okay, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. And I'm going to turn back to page one here. And this is where he talks to us about that. When he's um, uh, World War I and he's, he sails over to England. And he says, we sailed for over there. I was very lonely and again turned to alcohol. 
we landed in England. I visited Winchester Cathedral, much moved. So he went to England, you know, he was headed to war. Uh, you know, it has to be really scary. And he was very lonely. And he finds himself in the, the cathedral. And for a brief moment there, you know, he wants, he, he's looking for something. He needed God. And God did come to him. He had a, um, a slight um, spiritual experience or awakening or something there. He, he, you know, he realized there was something. That, but he goes on here in, his, in our paragraph to say, he says, but he, he, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within himself. So he had felt it for a, for a little bit. And now we come to this part here, and his friend has just got done saying to him, Ebby has just said to him, you know, why don't you use your own conception of God? And um, I, Bill's eyes are definitely opening, and he's def definitely thinking um, about this, and he thinks, you know, I can do something about that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I comment? Please go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This is Paula, compulsive overeater, recovered. I want to look at those words, and he came. And is a word which connects words and sentences together. And there you see the connection. And he came. And I'm just going to go in reverse a little bit here. There had been first a humble willingness to have him with me. And then again, for a brief moment, we've all had those moments. You know, a moment you look at a sunset, oh, you see, I had needed and wanted God. And that was it, the need and the want for God. But it came along together what connected it, a humble willingness to have him with me. And he came. He always will and he always does. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else? Good morning. It's Rick. Rick, go ahead, please. Um, my name is Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. But soon the sense of his presence has been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. Well, he's he's referring back to his um, when he landed in England and he had that little moment of clarity when he was reading the dog roll on the tombstone. Um, and I'll refer back to page one, ominous warning, which I feel failed to heed. And he's having thoughts about what's going on over in over in England. And here back on page twelve. He's, he's talking about the fact that he had the feeling of God at that time. There was something there in him when he, when he began his, uh, his stint in the war, but it was blotted out by worldly clamors. He's referring to the war itself, but then mostly within himself. And remember, Bill is still in step two. He's going back and forth. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to take what 
Ebby is suggesting. He's still vacillating back and forth between believing and not believing. And it just reminds us that step two is a process that continues for a lifetime. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I'll just uh, like to also comment on this sentence here, but soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. Um, Bill, you know, had a faulty dependence. His faulty dependence had been on uh, me, myself, and I, you know, on, on circumstances to supply him, as we've read in his story, with a feeling of security, with a feeling of well-being, with a feeling of, of happiness and contentment. You know, he he pursued, he chased uh, what he thought he needed for his stability. You know, he thought he needed recognition. He thought he needed accomplishment. He thought he needed money in his pocket. He thought he needed those things. And when he failed to get those things according to his wishes, according to his demands and specifications, well, that led him to be in constant collision with everything and everybody. And then what would he do? And then he would seek the ease and comfort in alcohol. Uh, as Bill is going to learn, and you know that these these worldly clamors, these worldly pursuits that are mostly within himself, that is that is the purpose of steps four through nine, where we have an opportunity uh, through a searching and fearless moral inventory to. Take a look at those faulty dependencies, those faulty securities, the faulty pursuit of things that are outside of ourselves. We're going to learn through Bill's story that our trust, reliance, and dependency has to be not on self, not on money, not on intellect, not on accomplishment, not on willpower, that trust reliance and dependency has to be on a power greater than ourselves. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on that paragraph before we move on? Yes, this is Amy. Amy, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Amy. I am a compulsive overeater. The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. Well, you know, we've been reading and taking excerpts from the chapter to the agnostics saying, you know, when it comes to believing in a power greater than ourselves, you don't have to understand in totality, you know, the whole concept of God. We just need to be willing to, to make a beginning, to be open and honest about how powerless we are and being willing to believe in something greater than ourselves, be it the power of Overeaters Anonymous in its 12 steps, or God, or Buddha, or Jesus, or whatever, but something outside of ourselves to, to believe in that, to make a beginning, to be willing. And that as soon as we do that, we commence to get results. And one of the things is that this results, the real significance of this paragraph, he says, you know, how blind I have been. You know, this disease blinds us in our thinking. It warps our minds. 
And yet because Bill is even willing at this point to look back and say, wait a minute, I wasn't thinking about that, right? Worldly clamors took me the wrong way. I had a moment of real significance, and then I snapped my mind shut, and I went about my merry way with me, myself, and I, and self-reliance, and all those things that Leah just mentioned. But what the real significance of this paragraph is this time, when he thinks about it, because he's being open and he's questioning and he's realizing he needs to do something different, Evie has shown him, is talking to him about a new way, a new conception, he's starting to think differently. God is doing for him what he couldn't do for himself, and all he did was just start to open his mind about it and truly and earnestly seek. So the real significance of this paragraph is that he's realizing how blind he was that he's starting to think differently. He's starting to think safely. It's, it's amazing. It's like a miraculous thing. He realizes that he went over, overseas. He was afraid of dying. He was afraid of dying, and for a brief moment he saw God in that cathedral, and now he's realizing what the truth and the significance of that was, and that if he could have that again, if he earnestly sought God, he could maybe be what Eddie was, a sober man in front of him being empowered to not have to take that next drink or that next fight. He's starting to think differently. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. And we'll move on to the next paragraph with Kim, please. Thanks, Leah. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I was showing signs of delirium tremens. There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, and that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have not had a drink since. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And this is beautiful. You know, we have spent, and we're on page 13, so we have spent eight pages where you have seen that progression of the disease. Then we take another two or three pages to come to the conclusion that we need a power greater than ourselves. And here, Bill is finally making that decision. You know, he's humbly offering himself to God as he then understood him to do with him as he would. You know, this page 13, we're going to see the action steps. We're going to see 3 through 12 in one page. But it just shows you how important it is. We have to know what that decision is about. You know, on page 60 in the big book, it says, being convinced we're at step 3. You know, he had to be convinced he was an alcoholic. He had to be convinced without reservation that we are a compulsive overeater, that we have the allergy to the body, that we have the obsession of the mind. And admitting we have no power, we have to find that power greater than ourselves. And then he's making that decision. But, you know, that decision means nothing if it's not followed up by action. So we're going to see in this page the action that he takes. And that action has to be a total surrender. I mean, all these absolute words, I humbly offer. I unreservedly went under his care and protection. I admit I was nothing without him. I ruthlessly faced my sins. You know, I asked my new friend to take him away root and branch. These are absolute words. You know, we can't just come to a meeting between 7 to 8 a.m. in the morning and then go out the rest of the day and forget that we're compulsive overeaters, forget that we have a power greater than ourselves. 
this process has to be totally surrendered to. And this wonderful decision, which is essential, means absolutely nothing unless we do the action steps to, to back it up. And what happens when we take that action? That last sentence, I have not had a drink since. And that is because of all the actions that he's going to be taking with this, with this page. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on these paragraphs? This is Paula. Paula and then Monica, please. Thank you. This is Paula, recovered compulsive overreader. Quite a paragraph here. I admit it for the first time. Now there you see total humility in the humble act for the first time that I of myself, that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. Imagine, you know the feeling, the sense of being lost, and then when you finally found? And may I drop down a bit to this last line? I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing, hmm, willingness to have my, now what words does he use? My newfound friend? That's the word he used one attached to another by affection. And they're the love. Take them away, root and branch. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Monica. Thank you, Leah. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, at, at the at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time, and this was December 11th, 1934. Here, this is his, his third treatment at Towns Hospital. And in the next paragraph, there I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood Him to do with me as He would. And humbly is being aware of one's shortcomings, modestly. I humbly offered myself to God. So he's become, you know, we've seen his eyes open here through reading this chapter, how much, how far he's come here in, in becoming aware and coming to realize that he's powerless, that he needs a power greater than himself, you know, those conclusion steps. And here he's making step three. He's offering himself to God. As I then understood him and that's so important as I then understood him it's not saying we have to fully understand God or have a you know think we fully understand God there's no way we can but whatever level you're at if you're just coming into the program your conception of God or being just being willing to believe that there is a power greater than you that can help you that's all you need that's all you need to understand to begin with and as you work through this process you will get a better deeper fuller understanding awareness of God and like Kim was saying here in the next couple of paragraphs we're going to see him working through the steps now he was involved with the Oxford group and they only had I think six steps so we don't see all 12 of them here but um, you know, so here he's taking step three. He's offering himself to God. You know, I can't, you can. 
please help me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to comment on these paragraphs? My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'll just focus on this statement here. I have not had a drink since. Bill never found it necessary to pick up that first drink ever again. Uh, You know, Bill died sober. He died sober. Um, That is what the big book promises us through this program of recovery. And what was Bill's problem? Lack of power, of course, was Bill's problem. Lack of power was Bill's dilemma. What was going to be the solution? The solution actually, you know, is uh, addressed in step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three here is making a decision. There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him to do with me as he would. And through these action steps that are detailed in these paragraphs, Bill has a transformation, a sudden upheaval. We call it a spiritual awakening. He is transformed from a self-centered existence filled with worldly clamors and pursuits of of uh, the material and, and otherwise, and he is transformed from that state of mind to a God-centered existence. And as a result of that transformation, as a result of that spiritual experience, as a result of that personality change, he has recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I have not had a drink since. This is a man who couldn't keep away from that first drink. Despite all the pain, despite all the suffering, despite the threats of divorce, despite sleeping on his mother-in-law's couch, despite uh, his health deteriorating, despite all the emotional turmoil and the mental torture and the physical ramifications, despite all that, look what happens. The drink problem is solved. Was it solved through Bill's personal success? Absolutely not. Was it um, personal recognition here? No, that's not what it's about. It's about the grace of God coming in and saving and restoring his life. Bill has been reborn to a point where he does not find it necessary to seek the ease and comfort in the bottle anymore. God has restored his sanity. God has restored his sanity. He is now an ex-problem drinker. Bill dies sober. He has recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It was true for Bill, and it can be true for you. And with that, I pass. Anyone else before we move on? All right, then I'll ask Sharon, please, to read the next paragraph. This is Sharon, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um. Sharon, there seems to be some technical difficulty 
We cannot hear you. You can't hear me. Okay. Just now now it now? is better. Yes, indeed. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Okay, just a minute. Let me um, Let me do something here and see if this works. Sorry about that. Okay, can you hear me better? Yes. Okay. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my abilities. Uh, this is this in a nutshell is steps four through nine. Uh, his friend came over. He uh, admitted his deficiencies and his problems. This was uh, steps four and five. He made a list of all people he had harmed, which are uh, is step eight. He expressed a willingness. Step six to approach these individuals, uh, admitted he was wrong. Uh, so he did steps really quickly. He went through step four through nine. And I've known sometimes in program people who just cannot seem to get through the fourth step. Uh, him and Ha going around and around in circles, relapse after relapse. And so it's so critical that we move quickly through these steps four through nine so that we can get on with uh our recovery and get on with living. So we clean up our past. Um, and what the connection with the previous paragraph here is we find that uh, Bill had, God had, had uh, revealed, uh, been revealed to Bill on numerous occasions at many uh, times throughout his life. And each time God had been presented to Bill, Bill had seen that, been touched by that, and then moved on with his life, doing life on his terms, doing it his way. So now he cleans up his life so that he can have that relationship with God, that relationship with his higher power, so that uh, no longer is he going around like a bull in a china shop running into people uh, causing wrecking havoc over over people's lives and having to use food, I mean, excuse me, to use alcohol to numb himself. Now he has a relationship with the higher power. He can tune himself. We'll see in the next paragraph. He can tune himself in with that higher power, get direction, and... Uh, and uh, instead of turning to food, he can start living life and turning to his higher power for help. Never was he to be critical of of others when he is going to them. He's to just focus on himself, clean up his life, and then write, get things cleaned up, get things right, so that then he can have that conscious contact that we're going to talk about in the next paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Katie. This is Janice. Katie and then Janice, please. I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. And 
I just uh, wanted to point out how what a huge change this is for him from being the one who, um, you know, his I'll show you attitude when people were jumping um, a few pages ago uh, when Wall Street fell, that he is just totally looking inward, but not in a selfish, self-seeking way, but in a way to uh, to be... Uh, changed to be permanently changed, and that that type of willingness only comes from God. He cannot, you cannot skip the first three steps and try to uh, look at why you have your problem and and uh, try to do a four step or even look at your character defects if you haven't taken the first three steps because that willingness to um, admit your wrongs and to Never be critical of others is a God-given, um, a God-given thing. To be willing to go to any length for your recovery, you have to have taken the first three steps, which he has clearly done. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. And now to Janice, please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Here's our good news. Here's our good news, my friends. You know, here Bill is telling us exactly how this happened to him. How this happened to him. What did he have to do in order to have this kind of a transformation? Well, we've watched him come through this place of such miserable desperation. Desperation. And giving himself over to this new idea of a God greater than himself, of a higher power. And what was he going to have to do now? Now that he had done that, now that he had found and humbly offered himself to this power greater than him, this conception of his own, of God, you know, it says that he would have to give himself over And these are now the practical steps, the very practical steps that would bring him through that experience to the other side, to the other side. So Ebby came back. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. Well, Bill's done some work in here. He knew now what Ebby had done, what was required of him, was going to be some effort to look at himself, to look at himself, fully acquainted Ebby now with Bill's problems and deficiencies. So Bill's been doing some work here. He made a list of the people he had hurt or for whom he held resentment. And I don't know about you, but that was some big deal work for me, you know, to really look closely at my problems and my deficiencies, not other people. You know, I had loved to play the victim. If you had had my kind of life, you'd be doing what I did. But I had to shift my thinking. So we're already, already on board with the miracle that would be happening. That miracle, which is a shift in my perception, helped me to see it differently. And Bill didn't do this by himself. We're told right here that he shared this information with his schoolmate with his friend, and he expressed his entire willingness to now approach these people that he was listing and admit his wrongs to them as well. 
and never to be critical of them, but only to look at his own side of the street. You know, this is new information for Bill, but such good information to have. And I needed that kind of good information about myself. Where were my problems and my deficiencies? It was in my thinking. It was in how I treated other people. But that there was going to be a practical program of actions to follow that was going to take me to the other side of that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning again, Leah. Everyone, it's Kim. You know, Bill's getting down to some action, just like Janice was saying. You know, for once, he needed and wanted God, but it was blotted out by worldly clamors. So how can we get rid of those worldly clamors? You know, what do we want? What do we want? We want to be back. We want to be connected with ourselves, with God, and with our fellows. And that's what the steps do. Four, through, four and five gets us right with ourselves. Six and seven gets us right with God. And eight and nine gets us right with our fellows. And when we're straightened out, we can then feel God. Those worldly clamors are quieted. We still have to do the work to keep it that way, but we finally get that path cleared out. So he fully acquainted him with his problems and deficiencies. You know, he, he expressed entire willingness to approach those individuals. And he, he was doing to the utmost of ability to write those matters. So now he's going out. You know, Bill had become that lone wolf, isolated by himself, and now that he's been separated from the alcohol, now that he's done steps one, two, and three, he's going to get to some work, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to right those wrongs so that he can feel connected with himself, with God, and with his fellows. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Amy. Amy, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Yeah, these really are cool paragraphs. I mean, we've described this disease. It's been described in this book in the pages that it's a twofold disease, a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And the beauty is, is that Bill has sought God. He has earnestly sought God. And then he's gotten down to the business of ruthlessly taking these simple action steps. And what is happening is thinking has changed. The mental obsession is being relieved. The miraculous here, the greater aspect of this disease is that mental obsession. And now he's so busy working on himself. He's not thinking about taking another drink. He has been relieved. He is being restored to sanity. This miraculous God has come into his life. You know, the saying is don't ask God to lead you where you're not willing to walk. I can't tell you how many times, I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many times as a compulsive reader active in my addiction, I would pray to God to relieve me. You know, I would pray, God, you know, even in OA, I would pray to God, help me, help me not eat this time, God, help me not eat this time, help me not eat this time. And then I would sit there wanting to be struck abstinent without doing anything. Or even more dangerous is I would do a bunch of half measures. I could pretend that I was doing something while I was doing nothing. And I still kept eating, and I still kept crying out. But when I truly and honestly sought God saying, okay, this time it's your plan, God, not mine. This 
you know, then things started to happen because I started to listen and I started to do what people told me to do who had gone before and who were recovered, i.e. start working the steps, get a home group, get a sponsor, put, food, put boundaries around my food, define what is abstinent, what is not as abstinent, be willing to go to any length to get what it is that those had had and trusting God along the way. And as that happened, the mental obsession becomes relieved. This is the miraculous. This is the miraculous here, folks, is that this simple program offers us a solution that works where you never have to take another compulsive bite again. I mean, maybe you're not as bad as Bill in his story. Maybe you think, you know, I'm not that bad. The big book here says if you don't think, you don't know if you're, if you're an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater, it even says to you, go, go out there and try some controlled eating. Go and step in front of the refrigerator or go to a buffet and take a bite and try to stop eating abruptly. Take a few bites and then see if you can do it. It may be uh, worth a bad case of the jitters, you know, to get a full knowledge of your condition so that you can surrender surrender to this program and find the beauty and the hope and the new way of thinking that it offers here. This program offers us not only relief from compulsive overeating, but a new way of living our lives and interacting with others that brings us beauty, peace, and joy beyond our imaginations. And it all starts here with our willingness to do it another way, our willingness to listen to direction, to be humble, to have our egos reduced and realize that we need to ruthlessly face who we are and what we've done and be able to move forward in God's light. Oh, that'll pass. Thank you, Amy. My name's Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. You know, the big book teaches us about uh, step four, which is a fearless searching and fearless moral inventory, and then step five, of course, uh, which is telling someone else all our life story, you know, turning over that step four. I fully acquainted him with my problems and my deficiencies, telling someone else all our life story, every chunk of it, Uh, problems and deficiencies. You know, deficiencies is used here. We could call it character defects. We could call it shortcomings. We could call it wrongs. You know, the, the important point here is that Bill was always focused on the outside world when he was disturbed instead of focusing on the fact that it was him, that it was him. He was in constant conflict and collision with everyone and everything. And we all know that saying, all action is born in thought. If his actions are twisted and distorted and perverted, that's because his thinking was also twisted and distorted and perverted and indeed he has separated from alcohol here that's very clear there's no doubt about that but the monkey may be off your back but the circus is still in town he's got to deal with the obsession of the mind that's the greater aspect of the disease and we do that through these action steps we do that through these action steps You know, because God cannot reach in your mind and take out those things that block you. God could not reach in Bill's mind and take out those things that blocked him until Bill did his part. 
until Bill did his part, and he did his part by these action steps. He was able to see what these deficiencies and problems, these shortcomings were, to take a look at them honestly and do something about getting rid of them. Then and only then could God truly direct Bill's thinking. That is the process of these steps four through nine. With that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment before we move on? Okay, then we'll move on with Sarah, please. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Sarah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. Then, then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. I just, you know, I just love these paragraphs because this process is so humbling. It's so humbling and it's so freeing. You know, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Bill is not saying there aren't going to be any problems anymore. Inviting God into your life to direct it doesn't mean, you know, the happily ever after, never will problems exist, I won't ever need to pick up or want to or whatever, because there won't be any more problems, because now God has entered my life. It's not true because life still happens and there is, you know, but what are you going to do with those problems? What, are, what is the response to the questions, to the doubt, to the confusion, to the problems that come up in life as part of life? I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Total personality change, total personality change from page one, from I fancied myself a leader, my talent for leadership I imagined would place me at the head of vast enterprises which I would manage with the utmost assurance, total self-reliance, self self-confidence, self-centeredness of his talents, his abilities, and here is total humility, total submission, total recognition. God, you are the director. You are the new employer. You are the one where just show me who you'd have me be and give me the power and the strength to carry that out. And it's a, it's a daily process because if you're not doing this, if you're not sitting quietly when in doubt, if, if that process isn't happening, then worldly clamors, will blot out the presence of God and mostly within myself because my own thinking will just come back up and it will just block me from the sunlight of that spirit. And never was I to pray for myself except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. I'm no longer living life to meet my wants, my needs, my desires. I'm here I feel fulfilled. I have a purpose. I'm here to serve. 
God, you put me on this planet. Who would you have me be? And show me how I can serve you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This This is Christy. Christy. And then Sharon. Thank you. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Christy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just, I love this paragraph. You know, it, it um, especially the line that says, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. You know, I'm someone who, I'm fond of saying that I have a lot of ideas. I just don't know that they're good ones necessarily. And, um, you know, for me, you know, my thinking, my best thinking, my best best, best thinking, you know, had me weighing, you know, 340 pounds at my top weight. And my solution, my solution, you know, food wasn't my problem, food was my solution. And food was my solution to everything. I broke a nail, I ate. You know, impending nuclear war, I ate. It didn't matter. There was no... You know, there was no comparison of what a problem might be or how drastic, um, you know, some impending doom was. I ate. That was my that was my solution for everything. And you know, the idea that I was to sit quietly, to sit quietly, that alone, to sit quietly. Are you kidding me? How could I sit quietly? I couldn't sit quietly. I had to do something. And again, what I did was I ate and I ate and I ate and I did that day after day, year after year, decade after decade. That was my solution. And so to be presented, to be presented with this concept that what I could do is I could sit quietly. I could sit quietly when in doubt and I could say, you know, God direct my thinking. God direct my thinking. Help me be of service to other people. Help me go out in the world and do what you would have me do. Help me be the type of person that you would have me be. And, you know, when I had those really, you know, those ideas that would come into my brain, you know, what I do to apply that today, what I do today is I check that out with other people. You know, I've got this idea and I'd like to just run it by you, sponsor, and see, you know, if you can tell me if it's a good one or not. You know, talk to my fellows, my fellows in recovery who, you know, have also found it not necessary to pick up that first bite. You know, can you help me? Can you, you know, here's what's going on. Can you help me? Can you tell me what you hear? I am open. My heart has been cracked open so that I can let the sunlight of the spirit in and I can let other people in. You know, I can let other people in and, uh, I'm just so grateful that I have something that I have been given, that I have been given this gift, this beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift to just surrender my life and my will over to a power greater than me. There's nothing more beautiful than having that transformation happen in my life when I never, ever thought that that was possible. Never. No concept of a higher power. Christian or crazy thinking. That's what I was left with. And, you know, not a whole lot of options are going to happen. My life has been opened up and transformed in ways I never thought possible. You know, never, you know, my brain doesn't have the capacity to know all the possibilities out there. But my power greater than me certainly does. And I'm just so grateful, so, so grateful that I have been given that gift and am open to it today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christy. And we'll move on to Sharon. 
Thank you. This is Sharon. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, good morning, and I'm I'm just glad to have the opportunity to share. Uh, what what we see here in this paragraph is is what happens when we surrender. How do we now live life? Uh, this is a really tough one for many of us to to swallow this whole concept of surrender and what happens to me, now what? We know how to live as compulsive overeaters. We know how to live in chaos. and We know how to uh, run life, live life on our own terms. And so when we look at uh, what we're being offered uh, as a solution, sometimes our mind just goes, oh my, how can I live that? What does it mean? How does that look? And here in this paragraph, Bill tells us um, what happens, what what the new our new life is to be, and uh, we test our thinking by the new God consciousness within. So uh, we have all these thoughts running through our head, uh, just driving us mad. What do we do? Well, you know, some people call it the monkey chatter, you know, going round and round in our head. Well, we test that by our new God consciousness. And for some of us, as Christy said, uh, when we first get started, we we can't, we don't know what, uh, how to do that. And so we uh, trust our fellows to help us through that whole process of testing our thinking by the new God consciousness. We might call someone and talk it through initially as we grow in our trust and faith in uh, in uh, this new relationship that we have with a power greater than ourselves. And we find that common sense would be, uh, become uncommon sense um, because our, our common sense says trust yourself, rely upon yourself, that... Uh, Self-reliance, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Don't trust anybody else. You can only rely on yourself, each person to themselves. But that, that uh, it doesn't, didn't work for us. It won't work for us. So we've got to let go of that common sense, so to speak, the world's way of doing things. And we have to adopt a new way, which is to our God consciousness to run everything, uh, turn in every way to God, and um, and to sit quietly when in doubt, not running around trying to figure it out ourselves, but to step back, wait, to have that faith and trust in God, and and um, asking only for direction and and the strength uh, to meet my problems as He would have me. Not my way, giving up my way, giving up my way. My way got me uh, insane, overweight, in despair, at the edge of darkness, hopeless. And here we're being offered a different way. And in this paragraph, we're being told how we are now to live. We never pray for ourselves, but uh, accept 
on how we can be useful to others. This is a whole new way of living. Not, it's not about me. It's about finding out how I can be of love and service, where I can fit into life, where I can be of maximum usefulness to God and to others. And then what do we get from that? What can I expect? You can expect that what you would receive, you will receive in great measure. That God's going to give to you what you need, what's best for you, your true self, not all coated over with with, uh, the insanity of the world but who you truly are, and you'll be able to be of maximum useful, maximum usefulness, and you will receive in great measure peace, serenity, joy, happiness, contentment. That's what you receive in great measure when you surrender to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Sharon, and thank you to all who shared this morning and participated in the meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I ask Paula to read that for us, please. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Paula, compulsive reader, recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.